All right, welcome to the Open Cup edition of Defenders of the Bank. Woo! We are, <laughs> we are your hosts, Philly and the Scarf. Oh, I don't know about that. He might be the Barf today. He uh, we is are good to go. It, it is the his Julius last Peppers. day of school tomorrow. This man is excited. We are coming to you from Phila Monster Studios in beautiful Burbank, California. We are just a few hours away from having witnessed a beautiful shellacking of RSL. Scarf, Panda, Scarfette, myself, we were at the fields with a whole bunch of LAFC faithful having a darn old great time. LAFC opened up their quest for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup in Sandy, Utah at Rio Tinto Stadium versus Real Salt Lake. I'm calling them Real Salt Lake because it is so stupid to call a team from Utah Real Salt Lake. And by the way, we saw the stands. We saw your fans. Where were they? I don't know. Anyway, on today's episode, this will mainly consist of this day in LAFC history. Of course, the scarf's back. He's got to give you that. Hi. We're going to give you the match recap. We're going to give our wait. What? Moment of the match. I'm going to have Panda come on real briefly to talk about the Defenderette's upcoming commentaries, features about the U.S. women's national team. This will be upcoming. Panda's going to give you the details. And, of course, we're going to give you our... What to expect between now and the next match ideas. So without further ado, let's get into it. Scarfy, actually, before we get into this day in LAFC history, you had a couple of words you wanted to say about our dearly departed Andre Horta. Yeah, I wanted to give a very happy bon voyage to Andre Horta. Look, I know that your time here didn't start off the greatest in LAFC history. In fact, you passed it to the only team that we would always remember you passing the ball to so that they scored a goal, which tied a game, which means we didn't win. He's talking the, about the Galaxy last season, in yeah. case you don't know. So the biggest rivalry in the MLS, it just so happened that you accidentally passed the ball to somebody wearing white, not black, or whether it was like black and not white or navy blue or whatever. They weren't on our team, so you passed it to the other team, Andre Horta, and all that they did with that ball that you passed to the other team was that they scored a goal, which tied the game, which means that we didn't win for the, I don't know, severalth time against <laughs> the Galaxy. And look, while it's really hard for us to ever forget your very first touch in an LAFC uniform, the people in the front office of LAFC thought ahead. They said, no, 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 no. Not only will we get rid of him for a little bit less than what we paid for, but that doesn't really matter. We will retain half of his transfer rights moving forward so that in case he finds his form at Braga, which is, by the way, where his brother played, which is also where he played before he came to LAFC, which is also in his home country, so he should be really comfortable and play really well. And now that he's not in the United States... He can finally kind of, I don't know, come into his own for the first time, even though he's a really young guy with lots of talent. He never showed it on the pitch for LAFC. What our front office did was they said, okay, we're going to give you a a chance. A chance? A chance? Are you going to France? No. We're going to give you a chance to show what you can do. And when you kill it and that team sells you to a better team for a lot more money, we're still going to get half. So all I have to say to Andre Horta is good luck. Please kill it moving forward so that we can make some of our investment back off of you. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have anything to say because you pretty much took the wind out of my sails. I had everything that you were going to say. So Andre Horta, number eight, we salute you. You're part of the black and gold. Again, we hope you do well at Braga. <laughs> like we always end our episodes. Let's say a, a little farewell to Andre Horta. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know why that felt so good, but let's move on to this day in LAFC history. Yeah, kick it off, homie. Absolutely. I would like to talk about our new official beer partner, Angel City Brewing, which we announced earlier today. Today, of course, is June 11th. 2019. I don't know what Heineken is doing, but we announced an official beer partner with LAFC Angel City Brewing, the local brewery here in Los Angeles. We're very happy to be able to both check out and drink some more of Angel City Brewing beer. So that is one part of this day in LAFC history. Um, I don't believe, Philly, that we have another episode until the Open Cup game. But you know what? Even if we do have an episode before the next Open Cup game, I wanted to give a couple of other notes to this day in LAFC history. First, on June 17th in 2018, that was right last year, it was a pretty historic day for players wearing LAFC uniforms, but they were doing it for their home countries. Marco Ureña of Costa Rica and, of course, the Carlos Vela of Mexico became the first two LAFC players to play in the World Cup. Now, we're going to hear a lot more about the Women's World Cup later on from Panda, but it became a really big deal to see first Marco Ureña and then Carlos Vela represent LAFC in their home country's jerseys, Costa Rica and Mexico, the first two ever LAFC players to play in the World Cup. And of course, the very next day after that, on June 18th, but Philly, this was 1997. June 18th, 1997, I graduated eighth grade. You were a junior in high school, and Edward Atuesta was being born. June 18th, 1997. So I don't believe, Philly, that you and I have another episode dropping before June 18th. So we want to wish a very early but very happy birthday to the best midfielder in the MLS, Edward Atuesta. Indeed. And speaking of birthdays, June 11th, we want to wish a very happy birthday to the president of the 3252. Happy birthday, Jimmy Lopez. Happy birthday, indeed. And of course, that was this day in LAFC history. Philly, let's talk about a little skirmish that we had in beautiful, not-so-sandy Utah. Indeed. Now, we enter our quest to capture one of our first bits of hardware, the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. If you remember last year, LAFC had their Open Cup tournament dreams smashed by the Houston Dynamo. (laughs) That was an insane game to watch. LAFC came from behind. We came and tied it with a hat-trick from the man who scored the first goal against the Sounders, Diego Diego Rossi. Hat-trick. In the most unbelievable of fashions in stoppage time, but despite the momentum shifting towards the black and gold, we end up in a shootout versus the Houston Dynamo on the road, and unfortunately, there are two big O's from our former captain, Laurent Simon and Latif Blessing, and we end up losing that game to Houston. Houston then goes on to defeat the Philadelphia Union 3-0 to become the 2018 Lamar Hunt Open Cup champions. Gross. Real Salt Lake, as I mentioned before, any team from Utah, it's stupid to call them Real. Real Salt Lake in last year's U.S. Open Cup didn't make it past the fourth round as they were defeated by Sporting Kansas City 2-0. Now, if you recall, earlier this season in March, the last time these two met, LAFC 
played them at the bank, and we avenged our playoff loss. But we only won by a narrow margin. We won 2-1, to one, powered by goals from that guy who scored the first goal against, against the, the Sounders, Sounders, Diego Rossi. 32-52, please bring back that chant please. in the 11th minute. Please. It should be a chant from here on out. Five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, it's going to mean something. And if you are a true fan of the black and gold going forward, you will always remember the man who scored the first goal against the Sounders. Diego Diego Rossi. Rossi. But Walker Zimmerman scored the second goal. We didn't have a clean sheet on that game because, of course, Demir Krylock, the guy who was a pest and a thorn in our side last season as well, scored a goal as well. But we beat them. Now... We could talk about regular season stats for both clubs, but this is the Open Cup, something completely separate from the MLS regular season. Despite that, I will say we are the best in the West and the best best in the the MLS. MLS. We feast on the East and we best best the the West. Let's get into the lineups. Keep in mind, we had four players that were on international duty. Tyler Miller and Walker Zimmerman for the U.S., Mark Anthony Kay goes to Canada. Peter Lee Vassell with the Reggae Boys, Jamaica. We are without these players. Bob Bradley sticks with his 4-3-3. And let's get into the starting lineups. Making his first start between the pipes. Scarf, who started today? Yeah, that's right. It was Pablo Cisniega making his much-anticipated first start. For the black and gold, of course, he has been in the 18 pretty much every game this season. But we are very excited to see what we have in our backup goalie, Pablo Cisniega. Look, much like the backup quarterback in the NFL, the most popular player on the team sometimes tends to be the backup goalie, but not on LAFC. Tyler Miller has played every single game this season like he deserves an all-star nod. So it's not like a lot of people have been calling for the, hey, let's see Pablo Cisniega in the black and gold starting in goal. Tyler Miller, gone with the U.S. men's national team, like you said, along with Walker Zimmerman. So he wasn't going to be able to play today. Our boy in the 18, Philip Ejimadu. Yeah, Philip! That's right, backing up Pablo Cisniega. But it was pretty cool to see Pablo Cisniega finally in the black and gold for LAFC. He started in goal along with two of our regular four back line, Jordan Harvey, and in my opinion, one of the best defenders in the MLS, Eddie Segura, but helped out this time, not by Walker Zimmerman and not by Steven Bateshore, but by Danilo Silva finally making a start instead of coming off the bench or being in the 18. And Tristan Blackman, who, I don't know, the last time he played Philly, all he did was win the man of the match and score a goal for us. So I'm a big fan of Tristan Blackman. Of course, he has the unicorn, the man of the match scarf, which is one of the few scarves that I don't have. Please don't jump him, scarf. Uh, No, I'm not going to jump him. I'm going to politely ask him if he would like me to make a donation to whatever charity he would like, and then I would gladly do that in trade for his man of the match scarf. But that being said, that's our back line. Harvey, Segura, Silva, Blackman. Welcome back to the starting lineup for Lee Wynn. Who, of course, who, 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 all sure? he's done is, I don't know, score a bunch of goals and assist on a bunch of goals in the MLS. He's a fantastic player and probably should be starting anyway. But it's Lee Wynn, Eduardo Tuesta, Latif Blessing in the midfield, the man who scored the first goal against the Sounders. Diego Rothschild. That's right. He's starting on the front line along with Carlos Vela 
And our boy, I don't know how much longer we're going to see him, but Christian Ramirez, that rounds out the 11. But Philly, like you and I talked about well before the match, while we were at the fields for the official LAFC watch party, it wasn't the 11 that people were all that excited about. It was the 18. Philly, was there a player that everybody wanted to happen to make their LAFC debut in this particular Open Cup game? Well, it could have been Mohamed El Manir. No, it was not him. It could have been Dio. No, it was not him. Could have been Josh Perez. Name that Perez. Could have been Nico Three, three Umlauts Hamalain. He's not a Perez. Could have been Adrian Perez. He's also a Perez. I love Philip Edgemadu. That's he right. Is, he was there. But. 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 Fito. Oh. Zelaya. The he, Fito Zelaya. He wasn't spotted drinking coffee. Nope. He wasn't spotted swimming in a pool. No, he was not. He was spotted on the 18, and we said this earlier in the game. If he were to play oh boy. and score a goal in this game, what would happen? Would that have been the end of Christian Ramirez in terms of the black and gold faithful? Look, I, I don't think, know. I think what we'll talk about a little bit later on is thank goodness it wasn't Fito that came in for Christian Ramirez. It was actually Dio, and we'll talk about that when we get to our game recap. But either way, what a debut! Because it happened, everybody. That's right. Stick around in about seven or eight minutes from Defenders of the Bank. If you didn't get to watch it, you will hear about the debut, the sighting on the pitch, not in front of his house, not in the training facility, not at Starbucks. No, that's right. On the pitch, wearing the black and gold. It was such a cool moment, which we will get to in just a little bit. The Fito Zelaya finally Playing a game real quick. I want to go through, if you don't mind, Philly, the starting lineup for Real, or as you like to call them, Real Salt Lake. On defense, it was Brody, Silva, Holt, and Toya. Toya, you are not going to make any friends moving forward with LAFC, sir. That was not very nice of the way you treated Latif Blessing and all the fouls that you committed in this game, but we'll get to that in just a minute. You had the reigning MLS Rookie of the Year. In our friend Mr. Baird there, Corey Baird. You had Everton who committed a ton more fouls on Latif Blessing. Shout out to Latif. He got up every single time, by the way. And you also had the man who dialed up his 2014 haircut in 2019, Kyle Beckerman. Grow back your dreads. Dude, I don't miss the dreads. I don't like your haircut now. In fact, I'm not a big fan of you at all in the MLS. <laughs> of course, the last time, Philly, that I said that, it was Dax McCarty. And then after I trashed Dax McCarty on the podcast, he wound up saying great things about LAFC. So look, Kyle, if you want to say great things into a microphone about LAFC, I'll probably change my opinion on you too. But you know what? Right now? I just don't like you. You're in my Breck Shea category where I think you've underachieved and you've been overpopularized. So you know what? I don't like you. I don't like Breck Shea. I don't like Kyle Beckerman. Moving forward, we had Demir Krylock, who was the thorn in our sides for just about every game that we've played against. It's been Demir Krylock. Scores a goal. Demir Krylock is the man who makes the difference against LAFC. You know what? I don't like you very much, Demir Krylock. We also had Schmidt and Johnson. And of course, Philly, like you mentioned, Making his league-leading 2,742nd start in the MLS, the Nick Romando. This guy was around when Uruguay won the cup in 1930. He probably was a passenger on the Titanic who survived. This guy is the oldest, if not most accomplished keeper in the MLS. And, you know, hats off to you, man. You've got every statistic that a keeper could possibly want in the MLS. The one thing I will say about you is you put on a little weight. Nick Romando could be known as Nick Rotondo. 
But you're still a pretty good keeper, and we always will respect your statistics. But yeah, that was the situation. Now, let's get into the game now that the uh, the lineups have been stated. LAFC with their 4-3-3. Re- Real Salt Lake goes in with a 4-4-1-1 formation. As the whistle goes, RSL has the ball to begin with. And for the first eight minutes of the game, not too much happened. Although in the seventh minute, Scarf, Edward Atuesta with a pretty good pass, huh? Look, this is why that I said Edward Atuesta isn't just an all-star. He's not just one of the best players in the MLS. He deserves to be the starting midfielder in the all-star game against Carlos Vela's best friend, Antoine Griezmann, and Atletico Madrid at Atleti on Twitter. If you are not following the career of Edward Atuesta, you are missing what could be one of the great superstar midfielders of the MLS or beyond in our history, in our league's history. There have been only a few midfielders who have been able to transcend MLS and perform on a worldwide stage. I firmly believe that when Eduardo Tuesta's career is over, he is going to accomplish many great things that unfortunately will not be for LAFC because someone is going to buy him at an exorbitant amount, which, by the way, will allow LAFC to just get better and better and better and better and better. But the passing from Eduardo Tuesta, 16 goals in 16 games in the MLS. He's played one Open Cup game and Philly, one goal for the eventual MVP in 2019, Carlos Vela. Oh, it was a beautiful goal. Edward Atuesta threads the needle, feeds Carlitos, and he sneaks one past Nick Romando towards the bottom left of the goal. And just like that, early on in the game, we punch Real Salt Lake in the face right off the bat. I, It was just an incredible goal. I mean, our passing this game was was incredible. I'm sitting there watching the efficiency of it, and LAFC throughout the course of the game had about 614 passes, 88% passing accuracy. They were passing the ball so incredibly well. I don't know if it was because Real Salt Lake wasn't a good team or because of the fact that we truly are the best team, but Edward Atuesta's passing, it found... Carlos Vela, and once again, he scores a goal in a game. You know, you're absolutely right. I felt like for the entire game that Real Salt Lake wasn't really pressing us, which is why I think we were able to make 88% of our passes accurately. But, Philly, there was one thing that I was pretty disappointed about, actually. The fact that I didn't do a shoey? Right after the goal, it is the left foot crafted by God himself. (laughs) And what we are supposed to do here at Defenders of the Bank is when Carlos Vela scores a goal, you are supposed to do a shoey out of your left shoe. And now look, there were only about 150 to 200 people there at the fields when we were at the official watch party. But all of them, as I looked around, seemed pretty disappointed that you did not, of course, have a shoey in Carlos Vela's honor. Maybe it was because El Catrine was not there. Maybe it was because Expo Monte was not there. Maybe it was because, I don't know, you're trying to be sober for the entire month of June, which, by the way, the correct word for that is quitter, not sober, but that's fine. You're, you're doing the best you can. Although, trying to protect my liver. Uh, look, and I appreciate that very much, but when the left foot of God compels you to do something, Philly, 
You say yes. Well, I did. I put my water in my shoe that was in a cup, and I still drank it. I'm not I familiar mean, with that word you used. Yeah, well, fine. But it was one form of a shoey. It was a sober shoey. And I got to tell you, when that happened, it was weird. It's like a bunch of vultures, like, whole hovered around me. They were all expecting me to do a shoey. They knew. And I took off my shoe. Panda goes, no, what are you doing? I put it back on. Then everybody's just like, shoey. I'm like, oh, God, all right. But I wasn't drinking beer. I wasn't drinking alcohol to begin with, and I had a cup of water. So I put the cup of water in the shoe, and I drank from it there. So I was able to save myself nope. for sober June, but nope. that was not to be the case because you fed me a Julius Pepper shot. We haven't given a shout-out to the Julius Pepper shot in quite a while. Yeah, it's been a little bit. By the way, quick shout-out to Al and Alex, of course, of the LAFC. Alex and Al do everything for the team. We were very happy to have them come and join us. So much fun with While we were at the watch party. We shouldn't I, call him Alex. We should call him Javi. That's right. Javi Press. By the way, just somebody real quick. Google Alex Sale and then Google Javi Perez. Doppelganger. They're, they're pretty close to each other. And the only reason why we say that, Philly, is because somebody came up to Alex and said, Hey, wait, wait, wait. I know who you are. You're Javi Perez. Uh-huh. He comes downstairs. And it's like, some dude has to take a photo of me. And I'm like, why? I'm nobody. He goes, no, you're Javi Perez. And we <laughs> lost it when he came down and told us that story. And that's what we're going to call him from here on out. So, Alex, if you're hearing the show, your name is Javi. Sorry. That's Wait, it. Or and, JP. And for the record, Javi, as you're recovering from an ACL injury, you want to spend a little bit more time at home. You want to spend a little bit more time in physical therapy. You want to spend a little bit more time relaxing as you go through trying to come back from this ACL injury, you've got the perfect get-out-of-jail-free card. Send Alex for all of your appearances, for anything <laughs> that you've got to do. Just call up Alex at LAFC, and he will gladly step in front for you and take care of everything you need to do. Javi, look, this is the best of both worlds, man. You can both be you and have somebody do all your work for you. So, Javi, you know we love you. We hope you heal quickly from this ACL injury and from this surgery. We can't wait to see you in black and gold. But until you can get back on the field, you can have Alex do whatever you need to do for you. Indeed. Now, let's get back to the game. Of course, we mentioned Carlos Vela opened up the scoring and progressing along the rest of the match. I will say this. Carlos Vela got fouled tremendously in Portland. He was being accused of diving. That certainly wasn't the case because he was getting clothesline, drop kick, body slammed. Ha! Huh, he took a big beating. But he wasn't the victim of a lot of the pounding in this game. The star man, Latif Blessing, was the victim of a lot of beatings. In the 18th minute, Kyle Dreadlocksless Beckerman had a nasty Muay Thai kick. To, to Latif Blessing, and he ends up with a yellow card. I'll tell you this. Kyle Beckerman used more Muay Thai than the entire women's national team of Thailand against the U.S. women's national team. It was an ugly foul, and Latif got knocked around like crazy. These refs, they made some calls that were so questionable, and like we talk about the refs in the MLS and how they miss certain things, and there were so many fouls that really went unnoticed. There were so many bookings that could have happened, but that wasn't the case. Uh, I will say Latif is a trooper. He took quite a beating at the end of the game. His jersey was full of more grass stains than you could possibly imagine. But, yeah, I mean, there was plenty of fouls in the first half. 
Look, here's the the first time where I really noticed something was different between LAFC and Real Salt Lake. Real after, Salt Lake. Yeah, excuse me. Real Salt Lake. After the foul by Kyle Beckerman in what I believe was the 18th 18. or 19th minute, I noticed when they zoomed in on him as he was complaining to the referee about his haircut that he got five years ago, <laughs> he was actually wearing the Amazon.com $3.99 alternate version of of the captain's armband, where if you look at Carlos Vela, our captain, the player who exemplifies what a real captain should be like, and not just a Real captain, but a real captain should be like out there on the field, he was wearing the LAFC customized version of the captain's armband, which, by the way, is also available on eBay for about $20. Shout out to whoever that is on eBay, because I bought one of them. But that being said, that was a real captain's armband, let alone the one you can get on Amazon for $3.99 or buy in bulk at Costco, which was worn by Kyle Beckerman. Maybe they don't have the internet in Sandy, Utah, but here's what I'm saying. Kyle Beckerman, you had a couple of awful fouls. You complained like you were a privileged kid in Utah the entire time, and personally, I thought you should have gotten at least a yellow earlier on than you did, but... I knew that things were going to be different, Philly, after I looked at the armband and I saw, oh, yeah, Carlos Vela's got that sweet captain's armband that we've seen from LAFC. But Kyle Beckerman has on the Amazon.com version. Pretty disappointed in him. And in the 25th minute, we fast forward all the way to the 25th. We've only got a couple things, by the way, to talk about up until the 25th minute. That's how you know it's an open cup game. It's a little bit of a different pace, a lot more feeling out. We had, of course, the beautiful goal by Carlos Vela, the awful foul on Latif Blessing, but the first real test for Pablo Cisniega. That's right, the 25th minute. Eddie was a little late, Eddie Segura getting back on a play for Pablo Cisniega, and we saw the first real test for Pablo. Had a great save there, Philly. Pablo had a really, really good game, and yeah, we definitely cheered for him, and we got everybody in the fields to start chanting, Cisniega, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha, Cisniega, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Yeah, he definitely had a good game, and you know, progressing right along, 30th minute, Christian Ramirez had a beautiful touch, chipped it over the defender and Romando. Unfortunately, it hit the right side of the post, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, if it could have gone in, the Boo Birds or Christian Ramirez might have disappeared or at least like hid back in their tree for a little while longer, but it was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Like There is a blockage, an invisible wall preventing Ramirez from scoring goals. I mean, Ramirez is preventing himself from scoring goals (laughs) at the end of it. But, man, it was such a beautiful touch, but it wasn't meant to be. He had plenty of other opportunities within the first half. I mean, I believe if we forward all the way to the 43rd minute, he had another attempt. He was fed by Carlos Vela, but Ramondo made a great save on Christian Ramirez. And as this game's progressing... (sighs) It's like the little Ramirez that could. Like, I want to root him on. I want to cheer for him. But, you know, going back to the beginning of our conversation, I kept thinking to myself, it's going to be so ironic. Fito's going to come in. He's going to do something spectacular, and it's going to just completely overshadow everything Christian Ramirez has ever done in his LAFC career. Still, more on that later. But progressing through the rest of the first half. Cisniega had another save in the 46th minute. There was another hard foul on Latif Blessing. 
And as the referee's whistle blew, LAFC won real Salt Lake nil. We had six shots on goal with three on target. That is how the first half ended. Yeah, you know, it was a very physical game on Real Salt Lake's part. Real. We we felt like there were more than a couple of bookings that could have happened early on. But one other thing that I want to highlight is actually in the second minute of stoppage right before halftime. Look, I firmly believe that last year it would have been the case where we might have given up a late goal in the half, maybe gone in, tied 1-1, and it would have been one of those momentum killers. We had several of those momentum killers throughout the season last year. But this time, in the second minute of stoppage time, a great play in front of the goal. Several LAFC players getting touches, and of course Pablo Cisniego back there. I really thought it was one of those times where last year I just felt like a team would have found the back of the net. But we go into halftime up one nothing, and as soon as we come out of the half, it's Toya. Toya with not just a dirty foul on Latif Blessing, which, by the way, if you watch the replay of Toya's foul on Latif Blessing, it's not only super late, but this is the one time I thought, man, we really need Mark Anthony Kay or maybe even Adama Diamande out there on the pitch. After the foul, he stands over Latif Blessing and starts talking smack. I guess when you're in Utah, you forget that there's the rest of the world out there that actually matters more. And when he stood over Latif Blessing after that foul, which, by the way, Philly, we saw it was clearly a dirty foul by Danny Toya. I was so disappointed that the referees. Now, look. They immediately showed. They they immediately showed. JBL couldn't have given him a worse clothesline than that. Look, I'm right there with you. I'm a fan of the Rockers, Marty Janetti and Shawn Michaels, and they were great. One of them would clothesline, the other would settle it down with a free kick. Look, I'm all for all of these great wrestling references, but the problem, Philly, is that this was happening on an actual soccer pitch, and things like that should not have been able to happen. Danny Toya should have been shown red, if not for the initial foul, then for standing over and taunting Latif Blessing after that foul. I mean, the only red that we got was the red that we saw after that situation. Yeah, it was it was ugly, but that wasn't the only ugly foul. I mean, if we look fast forward six minutes later, Everton, another hard foul on Latif Blessing, and our star man was getting tossed around like a rag doll. It was utterly insane, and he gets shown a yellow card. I mean, it really should have been a case where we had a couple of these real Salt Lake players get ejected for unnecessarily unnecessary physical contact. Everton, we booed the heck out of him. Toya, how he didn't get booted out is, is, is beyond me. But, you know, Latif Blessing, God bless him. <laughs> God bless Latif Blessing. That's, that sounds kind of funny. But, yeah, he stuck to it. The man's got a heart. I mean, he plays like he's like nine foot eleven. He has such a big heart. He came out there and continued to battle along in this game. Yeah, you know, one of the other things that I want to say is this, too. I would love to hear, by the way, at Defenders of the Bank on Facebook and Instagram and at Defend the Bank on Twitter. Look, I'll be the first to tell you, Philly, I don't have a ton of experience watching international soccer. But moreover, I don't have a ton of experience watching league soccer, whether it's Liga MX 
whether that's Liga One, whether that's EPL or Serie A or any of these other great leagues, I would love to know how other fans feel. Look, we have a lot of fans, Philly, that tell us all the time, yeah, I, I pull for LAFC, but I'm also a fan of this team in Liga MX, or I'm also a fan of this team in the EPL. Do you feel out there? And I would love to hear. This is the scarf asking all of our fans to tweet us or to hit us up on Instagram. Do you feel like some of those fouls are worthy of something more than just a yellow? Or am I in particular just overreacting when I say, look, there's a difference between maybe a challenge like we saw Walker Zimmerman. He got kind of a late challenge in the U.S. men's team, got a yellow card. It was pretty much his first action in the game. That, sure, I guess I can see why that's a yellow, but then why, like you mentioned, it was a clothesline. It was Superfly Jimmy Snooker coming off the top rope. Hmm. It was a dirty, dirty foul on Latif Blessing from behind, turned him around, got the clothesline, then stood over him. Am I, the scarf, just reacting way too strongly about this, or should that have been a yellow card? Look, there were a couple of plays right after that 55th minute. Like you said, Everton with an awful foul on Latif Blessing. Tristan Blackman almost got to another one on a beautiful through ball by Carlos Vela. I was curious, though, right after that, it seemed like Schmidt of RSL just kind of gave up on a ball that was put right through the box because it thought it was going out of bounds. And then in the 60th minute, Philly, it was the first time. That's absolutely right. It was the first time that we saw Pablo really get tested. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had a shot thrown at him, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was Schmidt. <sighs> Cisniega with his left foot stops that save. and Kick it was save just, and a beauty. Oh, man. It was... We all we all went nuts. And we, we had no idea what to expect from the Real Sociedad man, who unfortunately in a game was suffered with a ruptured spleen. Ugh. If you listen to his story, I mean, I know LAFC posted an interview with him recently. I would highly recommend you do so. The kid's 23 years old, played at Real Sociedad in La Liga. Pretty good pedigree, but unfortunately injuries are what kept him from being the keeper that he was. He definitely showed what he was worth and how valuable he was. That 60th minute, we were definitely introduced to Pablo Cisniega, and it was a super exciting game. I mean, we're going to keep talking, but you know, the man gets a clean sheet and his very first start in the MLS, his very first start in for the black and gold, and once again... We get the fields to chant, Cisniega. I got to give a shout out to Al because Al really did start that. But, you know, Cisniega's save in the 60th minute, progressed on, and in the 64th minute, welcome back, Lee Win. We had a water shower because there was no beer. And the only reason I say we had a water <laughs> shower is because I knocked over my glass of water on yeah, the Yeah, you table. got pretty excited right before that play happened. We I, were yeah. we were looking down. All of a sudden, there's water all over the place. We look back up, and Philly, it was Latif Blessing with a beautiful through ball. And just like that, we were winning 2 nothing. Yes, but along with that through ball, that through ball, I will say this. I know you guys say things about him. but No, but you're absolutely right. Please talk about this because you mentioned it in the last game as well. And I feel like, Philly, a lot of our fans don't see what you're about to talk about. Please, look, if you guys are listening right now, stop what you're doing. Go to Google right now. Open your homepage and get ready to look up 
the last two goals that were scored meaningfully by LAFC in a couple of our last games. Philly is dead on. He mentioned it last game. He's about to mention it now. Please look this up. I love the guy from Garden Grove. I really hope he does better. Philly's about to talk about it. Here he goes. I mean, Ramirez let a through ball go right by him. It was beautifully passed from Latif Blessing. Ramirez could have put his foot on it and had a bit of a touch, but he had the wherewithal to let it go by him. He functions as a decoy. And as a decoy, that ball goes right through him, beautifully past the Lee Wynn, who punches it into the back of the net. And that's how a lot of goals have been created. The previous game that we played against Portland, when Diego Rossi scored, there was a decoy move by Christian Ramirez. This is something that doesn't appear on the stat lines, and nor is this a lame attempt at trying to pepper him with some type of praise, but him being there at the right place at the right time, acting as if he was going to be a striker, in reality it wasn't the case, it's led to some goals. You're not going to see this on the stat line, you're not going to see this on the scoring sheet, but if you pay attention to his movement, he has a lot of wherewithal, he knows where the ball is, even though he can't put it in the back of the net successfully and consistently, he does enable other players to do so. And as a result of that, Latif's ball made it to the feet of Lee Wynn. And Lee Wynn, welcome back, buddy. My who, 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 who's your... We both went to Indiana. That's the reason why I'm saying that. Lee Wynn scores, making it 2-0. Look, we had a beautiful parallel of that with a run in the U.S. women's team game. By the way, Philly, while we were recording this episode, I got a text message. I think U.S. women's national team just scored again. They're up 23 to nothing right <laughs> now game against continues. Thailand. My goodness. But it was one of those balls where Alex Morgan kind of looked behind her like, hey, you kind of missed me. Oh, wait, there's Megan Rapino, And she put it in the back of the net. It was one of those things where, look, you've said it the last couple of times. Christian Ramirez does a lot of little things to clear out space. So after the 64th minute, look, you and I both thought that in the 73rd, Latif should have one-touched a ball in for a shot. In the 79th minute, an incredible stand by our back line. I'm kind of hurrying through this because I'm really excited to get to one play in particular, Philly. After the 81st minute, a beautiful free kick to Danilo Silva, which he put just over the crossbar. And hold on to your hats and keys, everybody. It was a great play by Danilo Silva. Beautiful tackle. But at the bottom of the screen, after the ball goes out of bounds, we see number 22 lining up to come in as a substitute for the first time. And what I loved was when they waved on the substitutes, it actually wasn't Fito that was the first to be waved on. It was Christian Ramirez coming out, not for Fito Zelaya, Philly, but for one of the most popular players on LAFC, number 99, the Adama Diomande. He actually, I don't think, affected the game all that much, with the exception of one of his first couple touches of the game. We'll get back to the goal, though, in just a second because it was a beautiful goal. It was Lee Wynn coming out of the game, and Philly, the fields went nuts when we finally saw the black and gold debut of Rodolfo Fito Zelaya. This is the man who scored 112 goals at Alianza. I mean, he comes in as a striker. Interestingly enough, he didn't replace a striker. Dio 
replaced Ramirez. Dio was placed in that forward position. Zelaya was in there for a win. He ends up in the midfield, but the people within the fields, the people that were around us, the tables were clamoring for him. I mean, I definitely saw a half a dozen Zelaya shirts. I was waiting, wondering, hoping we could get to see Fito, and... Again, I'm thinking to myself, this guy's going to score a goal and it's going to be so ironic because it's going to push Christian Ramirez potentially further along the uh, the depth chart. But Zelaya, despite the fact that there were only a couple of minutes, I mean, these boys came in in the 87th minute and there was only three minutes of stoppage. We're talking six minutes worth of play. Could there have been an impact? Could something have taken place? Absolutely. In the 92nd minute, there was a foul on Dio, which enabled LAFC to have a free kick. We saw Carlos Vela lining up, but we also saw number 22, (laughs) Fito Zelaya, pretty far from behind the ball. What I love about this, Philly, is that we actually didn't see him until the broadcast zoomed out a little bit, and there was a table directly in front of us to the right, where as soon as they zoomed out and you saw Fito getting ready to take a run. Philly, they went nuts. Berserk is ready more like to it. See. And look, you have to understand, you have the best player in the MLS standing over that free kick, but he looks over and they're about 10 to 12 yards away from the ball, ready to take a serious running start, Philly is Fito Zelaya. Oh, and serious running start it was. And Romando situating himself to the left. And Fito found some angle because off of his right foot, his ball actually beat Romando, but it went off the post. And so you can practically credit him with the assist for what was to happen next. We had Adama Diamande in the right place at the right time, and he seals the win for LAFC punching in the third goal of the game, but that would not have happened without Zelaya's free kick. <laughs> I, I, I really wanted the ball to go in. It's great seeing Dio score, but it would have been unbelievable to see Fito within minutes of his introduction into the lineup scoring a goal. Wasn't meant to be. Again, I'll still credit him with the assist. couple more seconds go by. The 93rd minute. Fito, my goodness, as per what LAFC said on Twitter, we end up winning 3 to nil, progressing and moving right along within the Open Cup tournament. Look, I got to give props to Adama Diamande. The one thing that he's been criticized for a little bit on Twitter and on all the different social media outlets is that he tends to start his runs a little bit early. And I actually think that maybe not playing with Fito all that much might have forced him to be a half a step slow on his run after the free kick. And he was, of course, in the right place at the right time. No argument by Real Salt Lake as to whether or not the goal should have stood. But, oh my goodness, we are talking about not just a free kick that found a little bit of space. Like you mentioned, Philly, Fito was looking to go left, and Romando guessed left, and even though Romando, we're talking about again, a guy who has been one of the premier goaltenders in the MLS for the last 63 years, Nick Romando, <laughs> there on the back line, he guessed right, but Fito had enough pace on it and have a good enough angle on it so that it went off the post, 
came right back to Adama Diamande for the third goal. Look, here's what I have to say, Philly. Last year, I felt like we wanted to win the Open Cup so that we could establish our identity in some way, shape, or form. This year, I feel like going into the Open Cup, we are confident in who our identity actually is, even though we are missing three of our starters, even though we're missing Peter Lee, one of our most potent weapons off the bench, in my opinion. We looked like this was a group that had played together all season. It was Al of LAFC. We're talking about one of the club's ambassadors and legends who we all looked at each other and he goes, yeah, you know, it's crazy. I forgot that Danilo Silva was even playing left back today, and that's because of the fantastic game that he had back there. Our back line, which only consisted of two of our starters, Eddie Segura, in my opinion, one of the best defenders in the MLS, and Jordan Harvey, a guy whose middle name is Bedrock because you can just assume that he is going to be at the right place, in the right time, doing everything that he can for you out there. It was as if the four of them, Tristan and, of course, Danilo Silva, along with those two I just mentioned, had played with each other all season. I think this bodes well, Philly, for our LAFC going into the next match. Now, the cool part, and look, we'll give another shout-out to our friends at Heart of LAFC. They released an incredible video on how the Open Cup works, but basically, just a quick tutorial, after this game, Philly, it's a reseeding process. So all the teams that won, by the way, shout out to St. Louis FC <laughs> for upsetting Chicago FC to move on Chicago. to the next round of the Open Cup. I believe this is now the round of 16. Correct me if I'm wrong, Philly. At least one of those teams. Now, we've got some games tomorrow. And Philly, I'm going to talk about a game where we might be attending tomorrow. But we've got some games tomorrow that will determine the next eight teams in the round of 16. There were a lot of great USL teams that put up a fight today. Sacramento Republic barely losing to San Jose 3-2. We had Callum Malice and Austin Bold barely losing to the Houston Dynamo, the defending Open Cup champions Uh 3-2. We had some great games going on today, but eight teams advance. Eight more will advance tomorrow. If you want to find out more about how the Open Cup is structured and the bracket, please check out our hashtag LAFC pod fam, Heart of LAFC. They posted an excellent video and had a really cool bracket up on their pages. But Philly, I think this bodes extremely well for us moving forward especially if you watched how the U.S. men's national team played against Venezuela. We might be getting Walker Zimmerman and Tyler Miller back a little bit sooner than we would like, but I love our chances, Philly, going for the domestic double, if we can call that, with the Open Cup and the MLS Cup. Oh, no doubt. If anybody has any concerns about if Tyler Miller were to stick around with the U.S. men's national team or if we were to get hurt, I will say Pablo Cisniega completely killed all those doubts. He played a tremendous game. His first game with the black and gold clean sheet, fantastic. Fito Zelaya within six minutes of of playing gives me the, I want to see more. I, I can't wait to see more. And I'm glad he got a little bit of burn. But yeah, tomorrow Carson potentially could get upset by Orange County. That's football what, club. Though. That's what we're kind of hoping for. Not, not by the way, not soccer club, which is the one that we used to be affiliated with Philly, but football club, OCFC of the NPSL. Now look, 
we're all for, we've talked about the USL several times. We're all for the USL where we've talked about it's, it's open championship and they've got championship division, first league and second league. The NPSL is a whole different ball of wax. There's actually another NPSL team that played really well in the open cup, but you and I, I think are going to head down to watch OCFC who beat OCSC take on Carson galaxy which doesn't end in a C, but it ends in an X, Y, which sounds like a C. <laughs> We're going to be really excited to watch. But Philly, they're not letting us into the actual stadium. Apparently, it's going to be played at a, at a track and field event that's also happening later that day. It is. For $10, you can see the Carson Galaxy play Orange County on a track. We're going to go down there to boo the home team. The home team being Carson for 10 bucks, a potential for upset. I think Carson's ripe for an upset. They're probably going to come into this game a little too cocky. I bet that we're going to see a huge upset and I don't want to miss it. It's worth the drive. It's worth the 10 buck admission. We'll be there and that is that. Now, real quick, I know we've been speaking for a little while. We want to give you our weight. What? what moment of the game? And truthfully, our wait, what moment of the game is Fito Zelaya coming in nearly scoring a goal? We've talked about it. I, I, I wish him well. I can't wait to see more of Fito Zelaya. There have been two different things that we have seen on Twitter. I know Panda and I were talking about this. We are both relatively active on Josh Albrechtson's LAFC fans page on Facebook. And there's been two different posts that we have seen over and over again. When are we going to see Fito and bleep Fito? Those are the two different things that we have seen. Look, I'm going to say it right now. I think, and I know, Philly, you agree with me on this, our fan base is going to be excited about Fito. The Open Cup is the perfect time to experiment a little bit with Fito because we know that we are going to need depth moving forward. It is a 34-game MLS season, not including playoffs, not including some of the gold cup that these are these guys are going to play, not including some qualifiers and some friendlies and everything else that we have had our players taken away from. Why not have a guy like Fito Zelaya, just like we have guys like Nico Hamalainen, just like we have the Perez's now, just Josh and Adrian. Shout out to Javi. We love you very much. Why not have all these guys ready to go from the opening kick so that when we need them, we can put them in seamlessly. Philly, you and I saw it today with Danilo Silva and Tristan Blackman. They came in and seamlessly took their spot on the back line in the last four. And I know you and I are both excited. The way that the Open Cup works, we're going to get reseeded. The final 16 teams get thrown into a hat and get reseeded. We can't wait until our next Open Cup matchup. No doubt, no doubt. And... That's going to conclude our recap of the game. We're going to have Panda come on to talk about the Defenderettes commentary on the U.S. Women's National Team. Hang on one second. We're going to go find the Panda. All right. Now that I've found one of the stars of episode 30, we are going to have Panda on our show really quickly talking about what the Defenderettes are going to do in upcoming episodes of Defenders of the Bank. Panda, what are we going to tell our listeners today? Hi, Panda. Hi, guys. Good to see you both back together again here in Philamonster Studios. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, with the World Cup, uh, we are actually going to recap the group stages all in one episode. So instead of giving you a recap after each game, we're going to come on on June the 20th. That's the day that they play that their third game. 
They're going to be playing Sweden that day. We're going to record after that. We're going to recap all the games, including the one that happened today. And yeah, after that, we're going to give you a recap of each game after that once the group stages are over. So we thought that'd be a little better than trying to get together and record after each of these games, especially since U.S. is pretty much putting a thumping on the teams currently. Anyways, that's what's going to be happening. You're going to hear from me. You're going to hear from Scarfette. And you're going to hear from a good friend of ours named Amy, which we've highlighted a little briefly on social media. We'll get into her story a little bit more once we start that episode. So, Philly, let's do a quick recap of the game today. It was a goal. And then a goal. goal. And another goal. And a 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 goal. Are we at 13 yet? You text messaged me one time, and it was probably, what, 10 minutes before the game ended, and you were oh. like, keep keep me posted. And by the time I went 13-0, <laughs> you texted me back. I'm like, dude, are you joking? I'm like, no, nah, man. It's 13 and nothing. 13 nothing. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so, so Panda, I'm sorry. We don't mean to spoil your recap of that game, but oh, my God, they scored 13 goals. It was like playing FIFA on easy. It was stupid. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what the Defenderettes have to do. We love the fact that Panda and Scarfet and Sweet Home Amy are going to be a big part of Defenders of the Bank. And we hope you welcome them just as much as you've welcomed us on the show. So Panda, once again, when can our listeners look forward to hearing y'all's recap of the group stages? So yeah, on June 20th, we're going to come together. We're going to do a recap of these three games, which were today. There's another game on Sunday where we play Chile. And then on Thursday, we play Sweden. So we're going to come together after that game and record one big episode that highlights all three of those games. So that'll be really super exciting. We're excited to do it. It may take us a little longer than we thought if we're going to highlight all the highlights because like you guys just goals. mentioned. No, we did the first one for you. You're good. It was 13 nothing. <laughs> well, we definitely want to bring a big picture to all the people that are listening on how all those goals really happened. They so, were a small team. We scored a lot of goals. <laughs> basically. So I did it. Well, all right. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Panda. We definitely look forward to hearing the Defenderettes on upcoming shows of Defenders of the Bank. And we're going to wrap it all off with this. You know that the girls are going to give you a commentary on the group stages of the U.S. Women's National Team. You wanted the Defenderettes. You're getting the Defenderettes. We love the Defenderettes. We are the first podcast to feature a female lineup, a family lineup. And who knows? We might do interchanging episodes. It might be... Panda and the Scarf. Hey, that's it could me. be Scarfette and the Philly. Weird. It could be the Philly and the Panda. I don't know how I've referred to myself as, as the, the Philly. Philly. I like it. But it could be different variations. Anyway, as far as upcoming episodes are concerned, until the next Open Cup game, we will be featuring a couple more interviews. We have an awfully, awfully interesting interview with somebody Scarf knows really well, Matthew Bari. Yeah, you know, I'm really excited to be able to showcase a couple of different great people that are involved with LAFC. Matthew Bari, who covers LAFC for Persian Radio, and his son Nima, who just signed a professional contract with a team in Brazil. We'll be releasing that episode before our next Open Cup matchup. And of course, if you want all the -the up-to-the-minute news and highlights about what's going on in the Open Cup, Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter 
at Defend the Bank. And then, Philly, I know you and I talked about this quite a bit. You were super excited to have in Philly Monster Studios from Suicidal Tendencies the bassist, Ra Diaz, who we met at Bank of California Stadium. That episode will be going on after our second Open Cup game that we'll play this year. And again, more details on that. They reseed everything. We have no idea who we're going to play, when we're going to play it, but we know after that game has been decided. It'll be Rod Diaz, Philly. Indeed. And we also have one other group of special guests from the band All Good Things, our friends from the Founders Club. We're going to have Dan and Andrew, their interview on the show. This is a band that has over 100 million views on YouTube. They've been featured in video games, TV shows. If you look at their credentials, it'll absolutely blow your mind. We are merging our love of LAFC with our love of rock and roll. And these two come together quite easily because we're all fans of the black and gold and we all have tickets. So yeah, we got the Matthew Barry episode coming up. We have the interview with All Good Things coming up. And we also have from Suicidal Tendencies, Rod Diaz. Amazing story there. These are things to look forward to in the upcoming episodes of Defenders of the Bank. Of course, along with the next U.S. Open Cup game, the Defenderettes talking about the U.S. Women's National Team, the group stages going on, so on and so forth. And of course, the game on the 28th, when we go out to Colorado to play the Rapids. That is all the time that we have for today on Defenders of the Bank. It's three of us in Phila Monster Studios. We've got in studio Philly, The Scarf, and Panda. And we're going to sign off as we always do. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.